Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Rick Riley and uh, well back was Narano, but getting away high, my name is Jeff from Cherokee Joe. It led eight metres. It stormed away high, my name is Jeff as Boots Electric runs on from Cherokee Joe. But it's high, my name is Jeff. Jeff's well out in front. This is a big win. Hi, my name is Jeff as one by 12. Cherokee Joe Orbit. Yeah, he looks like a progressive horse, and he's a horse that doesn't receive a lot of publicity, but I notice he's probably going to run favourite in the Wagga Cup against Max Delight and Co. on the weekend. Chris Barsby is joining us. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. What do we make of him? He's won eight races from 16. Hi, my name is Jeff. Well, he's in good form. There's no doubt about it. And uh, the form out of that race has certainly been frank because Boots Electric has won since. So uh, the form is good. He's in a good stable. Uh, he's going to be a major player. That's a really important meeting on Saturday night, Steve, just from a, a Queensland carnival viewpoint because there's a number of horses competing that could easily show up during the Tab Constellation. Sugar Apple in race number one. Sporty Dancer in race number two. Uh, race number three, maybe we might see some of them. Uh, we've got Just Hope, the New South Wales Oaks winner. She's getting set for the Queensland Oaks. She steps out on the Wagga Oaks race four there. Antonia could be up here for the Golden Girl, the Group 1 Mares feature. A number of these horses uh, in the four-year-old Entires and Geldings Group 1 final, JOK Crunch Time, uh, amongst others, they could all be headed this way, trying to, you know, contest some of these big races coming up. And then you mentioned the Wagga Cup. So, hi, my name is Jeff. Max Delight may be even being considered and a few others. So it's a really important meeting just from a Queensland Winter Carnival viewpoint. Mm. Just with Max Delight and Dan Malecki made it quite colourful last week, uh, just, to, you know, highlighting many times during the broadcast of how easy he got it in front. I mean, was he entitled to win by a bigger margin? I mean, what was your assessment of it? Well, I suppose on face value, Steve, given those splits that he got away with, he was entitled to win by a bigger margin. But... He didn't. He, he got the job done. He got the, the victory, and that's all that mattered. So they'll walk away from that happy. They go into this race on Saturday night. He comes up with a front row draw, and uh, he's going to prove very hard to beat. Uh, although, hi, my name is Jeff, is drawn to his inside. So this will be a good race. Uh, it's a it's a good track. It's a fast track there. So hopefully the weather is kind, and these good horses will be running fast time yeah, on Saturday don't night. Yeah, horses like Max Delight, I suppose, when they've won 22 races from 59 starts. Shannon Price is with us, Chris. Well, speaking of good horses, Shannon Price has got her team absolutely flying and there's a number of horses that I need to pick her brain about this morning and uh, she's been kind enough to join us and she's with us now. Shannon, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Let's start with the, the, the horse that won again last night, some moment somewhere. I'm starting to uh, fall for this guy. Uh, he, he just keeps going uh, out each time and, and taking it to a, a better level. And again last night, forced to do a fair bit of work Last time, sectionally, he was excellent. He looks like he's a very progressive horse. Yeah, no, he's he's one of the stable favourites. Uh, everyone that's had him, uh, Jess and Greg Tubb, Sugars in Melbourne, they had him originally. They loved him as well. And he's, uh, yeah, he's just stayed to show what he, he showed as a two-year-old. Why didn't he race as a three-year-old? Uh, he went out for a spell after the uh, Vic Bread. And then when he was worked back up, he was found to have an OCD in his hock. So that was removed and given another three months off. And then, yeah, we got him sent up here and we just took our time working him up. Has there always been a bit of a rap on him? 
Uh, yeah, he'd only won two races in Melbourne, which looked a little bit, you know, on the on the, the lesser side. But uh, some of his placings and his times, like he's actually beaten horses like Bondi Lockdown and has run a, a close second to um, Act Now, who won the, the three-year-old Breeders' Crown and Big Bread. So, you know, he's got form around Act Now and Bondi Lockdown, so <laughs> he's always had a bit of a rap. Yeah, and his last start before having his first start up here, that was in the Group 1 Big Bread Super Series final, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's always been able to mix it with the best, but, yeah, just hasn't been able to beat them. Okay, so he's now a four-year-old. He's won his last four overall five from 20. We're midway through April. We've got this new race on the calendar, the Queensland Sun. Is that the, the, the obvious and logical target for him? Yeah, that's his number one target this season so far. So how do you approach that being at this time of year, midway through April, does he sort of have a little bit of an ease up or do you just keep him ticking over and, and you know, keep him happy and, and targeting that race? Well, that race he won last night was actually the heat of a race and the finals in two weeks' time off at Redcliffe on the, I think it's about the 27th of April. So he'll go in that and then I'll probably look to freshen him up for the, um, yeah, I'll have a look in the dates after the, the Rising Star, I'm not, I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> but it, it, it's just a little bit of a juggling act, though, for you, because, like, he's so so in the zone right now, and you, 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 I'm sure you're sort of torn to think, do you just sort of back off a little bit? Do you keep him going? It, it's, a, it's a juggling act, put it that way. Well, not sounding a bit over the top, but, like, the horse is still only running on half fit. Like, he's not, like, fully wound up. Um, you know, having not raced for over 12 months, but like Adam hasn't put the plugs on him yet, so we're yet to see exactly what he can do. But I'm not like he's not fully wound up, ready to ready to race the big ones yet. So I've still got a bit of time up my sleeve to get him ready for that. Okay, good to know. Just with that final, then, is he going to face much opposition in that final? Um, I'm not actually sure. There was a heat run last week, and there's still one to be run next Wednesday night. Um, I'm not 100% sure what one or run in the other heats that's qualified, but, um, yeah, I'll have to have a bit of a look and see what the opposition is. But, no, I don't, I don't know exactly what's in there. All right. Well, that's some moment somewhere. He is certainly flying along uh, right now. The other horse that's uh, at the peak of his powers, and I'm sure it might be a similar type of response here to some moment somewhere in many ways, is speak the truth. Three for three this prep. He was Group 1 placed as a two-year-old. He, he's come back um, in terrific form. Uh, he was so good there on Tuesday. He's going to back up on Saturday night. Uh, what are the expectations? Um, yeah, he's the same. We're just, you know, taking our time, giving them some, some grounding work now, some, you know, nice, easier sort of runs. And then um, when the big races come around the carnival, they'll be ready for that but uh, you know you still got to get the form on the board to get a run in those type of races because the opposition is always strong so you've got to have the best form you can so while they're on a good mark you know they'll, they'll like he'll run through and and you know get some wins next to his name so it comes selection time he's got his, his hoof in the air to be selected for the big ones. Is it a case like some moment somewhere he's not fully screwed down yet? No no same thing like we haven't pulled the plugs yet and Adam just gave him, a, you know, only did what he had to do on Tuesday. But no, he's, um, yeah, no, he's pretty smart as well. 
He's all racehorse, though. He's a he's a thinker in, in his races. That just the way he went about it there on Tuesday, uh, Adam was just able to drop in behind his main danger there at the turn over revelry, and then he just peeled off and just went straight on by. So he, he's just he looks like he's a perfect racehorse. Yeah, he's a thinker at home too. He actually keeps you on your toes. He's too smart for his own good. He's he's got some uh, traits that he does. He's, he's completely different to the rest of the horses. He's one smart animal, but. Uh, no, he, he knows exactly what to do. We just yeah, have to keep him healthy and, and fit, and he'll do the rest for us. Do you expect him to win again on Saturday night? Um, well, Tim's a trooper. I mean, you can't knock his form. He is a, a Breeders' Challenge winner as a two-year-old group one winner, so he's still got his work cut out to beat him. But, you know, like the Barry draws in our favour, so we'll we'll see what where we're at with him. You know, just on that. Close to winning. Yeah, and... Just with that, if he handles Tim's a trooper, does that give you a little bit of confidence? You know, ultimately, you're going to clash with Leap to Fame at some point this season. So if you can handle Tim's a trooper, does that give you a little bit of confidence going ahead when you do finally come face-to-face with Leap to Fame? As, as I've always said, it's always hard to compare horses because when two horses race in the same race, they can never draw the same barrier and have the same trip. So two horses can never be compared to being one better than the other. But at the end of their career, you can look at look at their prize money and races won. But when they're head-to-head in the same race, they, they, they can't be in the same barrier in the same position in the race. So it comes down to a lot of luck in running and barrier draws as to who beats who. But as far as, yeah, if he wins that on Saturday night again, you know, our opinion of him is, is cemented that he still has to go against those really good ones. And um, we'll see how he goes when he reaches them. And just on Leap to Fame, are you surprised he hasn't been issued an invitation for the Rising Sun as yet? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, the, the the class of horses that have had the invitations, like Better Eclipse, he's been racing Miracle Mile Grade. And the three-year-olds never get to race Miracle Mile Grade as such because they kept in their own age group. So that's where it's hard to sort of say, oh, a, a top three-year-old should have, have an invite. Well, whereas the other ones that do have invites have been racing the, like that top echelon in Australasia, like free-for-all grades. So um, yes and no. I mean, you know, here is obviously the, the pin-up boy for three-year-olds in, in the eastern seaboard. So it would probably be one of those things. You probably would get an invite closer to the date. Okay. Uh, one of the other key runners on Saturday night, the final race, the two-year-old. You've got a first starter here. Hold on to your bling. He's a youngster by Bling It On. Uh, he's had a trial recently. What are the expectations for him on Saturday night? Uh, as with all the babies, the number one thing I say is get her on safely and come home in one piece. But, um, no, his trial was okay. He, he, the main thing is, you know, doing everything right. Um, he hasn't drawn really good, but it's a small field and um, you know, you never know where you're going to land. It, it comes a lot down to manners. But, uh, you know, like I, I I would say, like, he's, he's obviously, you know, made it to the to the trial, so he must go okay somehow. But, um, yeah, we'll know more after Saturday night because, like, he is against, like, Empress Byline. She was a winner last start and, you know, she broke two minutes and my guy hasn't gone anywhere near two minutes. So, you know, like, to give her a start and... And beat her is going to be, you know, a hard task. But, you know, you have to be in it to win it. Okay. Is he a Rickliff sales graduate? Yes, yes. That's his, that's his first and main aim in June. 
That's not going to be easy given what he's achieved so far down there in Sydney. But uh, hopefully all goes to plan there on Saturday night with his debut. Hold on to your bling. Van Sang steps out. We haven't seen this guy for a little while. Uh, he's a last start winner. He trialled recently and he looked good in that trial. He looks like he's well up to winning here fresh up on Saturday night. Yeah, his fresh up record is actually quite good. Um, he just, yeah, he got kicked in the paddock while he was uh, scratched a few weeks ago. And then it's just hard finding a race for them when they start getting up to the free fall grade, which we men trouble is pretty much the same. You know, you've got to go Saturday nights or, or that's it. So you've got to have them pretty right to be able to go around on Saturday night. So, yeah, he does go well fresh up and he's, he's off the 10 metres. So he should be pretty well handy and far enough forward to earn a good check. Okay. It's a competitive lineup for that trot field, but if he brings his best, he, he's well up to winning, isn't he? Yeah, that's exactly right. If he brings his best, he can be a bit annoying like that. He's, so many times he looks like he's just going to win for fun and just gallops. And it's just a, a, a head game with him. You know, he seems to know when he's on his last chance to, to race truly, then he behaves himself for a few runs. So he gets himself back out of trouble. But yeah, no, he's, he's always like that. <laughs> just take what you get with him. So he's a thinker as well. And just on the trotters, Wee Man Trouble, who's a, a proven Group 1 winner, he's on the comeback trail? Yeah, yeah, he trialled again last night against the Pacers because uh, his trial got deleted on Tuesday because of um, excess noms. But they had to trial against the Pacers last night and they went 157, so that sorted him out a little bit. But I was happy with his trial and he's still carrying plenty of condition. He's a fat little fellow, so he just yeah, needs, needs to go around and around, I guess. So with those trotting features coming up during the carnival, could could they be you know likely targets for him? Yeah, well, if he stays down, I mean, he's had an injury, so that could easily flare up at any time. But um, he just, yeah, you know, step by step and and that. But you know, he would be a defending champion of of the DJA, so we wouldn't be out of place in you know aiming for a race like that. But as I said, we'll just take him day by day and see see how he comes along. All right, good to hear. And just a couple of quick ones here. Catchphrase, A Million Promises, Another Statement, all on Saturday night. Any of those trio likely to uh, come out on top? Uh, well, A Million Promises has got a good draw to be in front or behind the leader. Um, Ed Sigetti's last run, he just was, yeah, he didn't like being that far back covered in dirt, so he's, he'd be a lot happier up the front end. Um, catchphrase, she probably should have won last night, but she's got a a good draw again behind the darling, so she, she's probably a good place chance. And another statement, yeah, outside the front row hurts, but it's not a strong race, so we'll just see what presents for him. All right. And then on Tuesday, Rise Above All, who's unbeaten. He's had the one start for the one victory. He trialled last week. He's got an APG here on Tuesday afternoon. Um, just on the trial on Tuesday, I thought he was more than okay in that trial. Yeah, yeah, he was a bit fresh, actually. He was a bit nervous before the trial, which he, he wasn't like that at Redcliffe. He was very settled. And, um, yeah, so he's a bit nervous. So I, I, I was a bit surprised at that. But, yeah, no, Adam said he wanted to get on with the job and, and get the trial over in a hurry. So, um, yeah, hopefully he'll benefit from that run and be a lot sharper. So um, I expect him to go even better again next Tuesday. Is there much in it? My ultimate Jacko is the unknown coming up from, from Sydney with Jared Elgin, but he looks like he's got them covered on paper. Yeah, my ultimate Jack. I mean, he's got some nice place form and, and good time down there, but I've seen the fast times down there not stack up here, so he is a bit of a query. Um, but um, 
Otherwise, no, he's beaten a few of those before, so he shouldn't be far off, uh, you know, his best in beating them. I think he's done the prelude right. on Tuesday anyway, so okay. it's pretty much the same feel for the final. All right, good to know. Uh, he, he's more than OK, rise above all. And just uh, in closing, would I be right in saying young Luke Whitaker's now part of your stable? Yeah, yeah, Luke, Luke started here last week. Um, yeah, we've known him for a, quite a fair while. Him and Mark Jones come stayed with us at the old place about four years ago, and uh, he wanted to work then, but he had to go home because he was in the middle of getting his junior driver's licence. So he went home and completed that and then uh, out drove his claim over there and he wanted to come back and he went and worked for Daryl and that. And then um, we just yeah, talked to him and hung out with him while he was here because we're friends and that. And then he um, yeah, he left Daryl's place and he, he wasn't doing anything for a few weeks. And, yeah, so we said, oh, well, we've got some work here. And, yeah, he just started here last week. All right, good stuff. Good young man. I really appreciate the time. Best of luck. It's a busy night on Saturday night for the stable, but the uh, the stable is flying. There's no doubt about it. Appreciate it. Yeah, half the team's going to be there Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. We'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris. See ya. There's Shane Price joining us. So a big night coming up for her on Saturday night. And speaking of the weekend, big things coming up. Sunday. It's their day on Sunday at Marburg because... Um, it, it's their big feature meeting Easter Sunday. They've they've really captivated this uh, this date now, and uh, they've they've put on this huge race day yet again. And the uh, the president of the Marburg Pacing Association has been kind enough to join us in Scott Neve. Scott, really appreciate the time. Morning, great to be here. I'm super excited for Sunday. Yeah, well, you've made this day your own now, and you've really built on it over the past couple of years. And again on Sunday, it's going to be massive. Oh, it certainly will be. We've uh, really tried to aim for a great family day out. Heaps of entertainment for uh, the kids as well as the adults. So we're really looking forward to it. The main racing event on Sunday is the final of the Oakwood Capital Gold Strike Series. And just on this series, it's getting bigger and bigger, like the day itself, year in, year out. Are you surprised with the, the, the quality of horse and the quality of horse people that are targeting this race now? Really happy with it, uh, Chris. We're really hopeful when we started out a few years ago that it would gain a following and encourage people to set their horses for it. It's a fairly unusual sort of uh, conditions, I suppose. So we were hopeful that it would have that effect, and it seems to now. We've got some of the leading uh, trainers and drivers taking part, which is wonderful. Is it modelled off the the old pot of gold uh, series at Rock Lake? Yeah, certainly. So uh, our sponsors, Oakwood Capital and Ad Craig White Oak, were really keen to create something similar to the pot of gold, um, probably because of the great excitement it had and the great following. And so, yeah, that certainly was probably the skeleton, but we've just had to uh, adjust it a little to suit our track and current conditions. Okay. And speaking of uh, Craig White Oak, the sponsor, he's a, uh, a big owner. He's got a lot of horses racing, but... Uh... He didn't qualify one for the final. His horse goes around in the consolation, but uh, he'll be there on Sunday and he'll be keen to uh, take in all the action. I oh, certainly will be, yeah. I, uh, I was disappointed for him that he didn't make the final this time, but I'm sure he'll be excited to be in the consolation and be there to make the presentation to the ultimate winner. Scott, being Easter Sunday, uh, it's a long weekend here in, in Brisbane, in Queensland. Uh, if people were keen to head out to Marburg for a day out, what could they expect? So uh, gates will open at 11. There's uh, dodging cars, rock climbing wall, face painting, all included. It's free entry for the kids and there's no cost to do any of those things. 
We've got uh, a $10,000 pick the card. So if you can pick the last six winners, there's $10,000 on offer, free entry in the race book. There's funny money in the race book, so you can go and bet all day with our funny money bookmaker using that money. No risk of having a loss, but you can uh, have a flutter in every race. At the end of the day, there's some prizes. Uh, there's a mega raffle. Uh, of course, we've got the canteen, the bar. Um, there'll be another food van in operation. So there should be something on all day. Uh, fashion's on the field. Uh, one of our local Ellie Ray fashions has sponsored that. So there's plenty to do and see. Well, it's going to be a family fun day by the sound. I've got to ask, you didn't mention it just there, but I'm sure this is going to be taking place on Sunday. Being the Easter long weekend, is there going to be a, uh, a little bit of an egg hunt for the kids? Uh, well, Easter Bunny will make uh, a arrival and hand out a chocolate for uh, every child who's on track. So uh, there's certainly something exciting for them. All right, great stuff. Nine races, 11.40 starts on for the first race. Just on, on the way things are going out there, more and more meetings. Are you happy with the way things are evolving? Oh, we're super happy with the way things are evolving. Um, Racing Queensland's really working with us to uh, improve the venue. We've currently got to tender a new driver's room uh, and a new judges and callers tower. So there's, there's more things to come. We've just put the slab down for a brand new canteen. So hopefully in another couple of months' time, that'll be opening up. But really, on the improve and the extra race meetings, we've really enjoyed. And obviously, the participants have given us great feedback about racing close to where a great many of them are located in terms of their stables. So uh, it's it's been a really great period for us the last few months. Yeah, no doubt about it. And this year, you've got your own day coming up during the, uh, the, the carnival. So you play a part in the Tag Constellations this year, which is going to be really exciting. Really exciting, Chris. So I think what, what's come about over the last couple of years in particular is we've stepped in as, as I suppose one of the clubs on equal footing with, with the others and all of the clubs are working together and I think we're all excited about being part of the, the carnival on this occasion. Yeah, well, there's a lot to look forward to. So really looking forward to this Sunday because this is your biggest race day of the year and then later in the year during the carnival you're going to play that uh, special role as well. Super appreciate the time today. Enjoy the rest of the day, and we'll see you trackside on Sunday. Thanks, Chris. Looking forward to it. See you there. There is the president of the Marburg Pacing Association, Scott Neve. So that is going to be a big day. Nine races, 11.40 start time uh, for the first. And that feature, race number seven, uh, comes through uh, start time. They're racing for $25,000 there, 3.19. So that's going to be a really good race. The consolation comes through as race number four. So... If you're looking for something to do on Easter Sunday, head out uh, past Ipswich, just uh, on the other side of Ipswich, Marburg. It's a very easy drive, very pleasant drive, and you're going to have a really fun day. So take the family, enjoy a big day out there on Sunday. It's Good Friday tomorrow, but we're still racing at Gloucester Park. They've got a meeting there, and our man who joins us each and every Thursday is now online, Matty Young. Matty, appreciate the time. Good morning, boys. Ten races coming through tomorrow, and it's a uh, a bit of a twilight meeting on this Good Friday. Yeah, uh, they don't race uh, the nighttime Good Friday, so I'm not sure how long until that'll change. Because uh, as you mentioned, they never used to really be racing ever on Good Friday. Uh, Good Friday and Christmas Day seem to be the two days that we didn't race. But WA has uh, taken well taken the first step, pretty much, to be able to race. We've had uh, Ascot, Gloucester Park, and also Mandra race on this day. So um, it's good for turnover, and the racing game will continue. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, just looking at it, there's a few other harness meetings starting to uh, crop up on on, uh, on Good Friday. Meribara, they've got a really strong program coming through, and I think uh, Hobart Racing down there in Tasmania as well. So probably won't be before long before uh, we're racing everywhere on on a Good Friday. Yeah, exactly right. It won't uh, no longer be a public holiday uh, the way things are going. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Ten races, some pretty strong fields as well at Gloucester Park tomorrow night. And uh, we've got ten races tonight at Wagen as well. So it's going to be a busy weekend. Yeah. Uh, the feature at Gloucester Park tomorrow is race number seven. It's the Easter Cup. This is a stand start over the long journey, 2,902 metres. Uh, it looks fairly open. So how do you see it, the Easter Cup? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting race. A lot of these horses have been racing each other over the short course and longer trip in the standing start events every uh, couple of Friday nights. And uh, we see a couple of horses be thrown into the mix here, including Ideal Agent, who uh, was really brave last week in finishing in third in the running of that feature. Uh, the four-year-old and five-year-old championship and Doc Holiday won that race from coming through the peg run. I think Ideal Agent, uh, he's got a pretty good record from the standing start. Uh, he begins safely enough. That's all he needs to do, and he should be able to work forward after a safe beginning. 2,900 metres plays into his favour as well, and I just think he has too much strength for, uh, strength for these. So he's the one I've got on top, and I think he'll go uh, pretty close to winning the race. I thought Doc Holiday was the main danger. There's a couple of other chances in the race, but ultimately I think Ideal Agent... As long as he steps safe and steps with them, 2,900 metres is right up his alley, and I think he can win the Easter Cup. Okay, so going with Team Bond there in the feature. Do we save the best to last? This filly that's near and dear to your heart, wonderful to fly. She steps out again here in a three-year-old uh, event. Uh, she looks like she's going to start at a very short quote, and deservedly so. She just keeps on keeping on this filly. Yeah, she raced on Tuesday, and uh, she went around probably the slowest time uh, she's ever gone to the racetrack in and uh, she got away with a 63.5 first half and then Shane's run down the back in uh, 28 and then home in 20, uh, I should say 29, then home in 27. So um, I thought I thought the the run by her on Tuesday was decent. She backs up quickly. Poppy's way is going to be a little bit of a fly in the ointment. That was the one that led last start over the 2,500. Couldn't keep up with her, but at the same time, they might try and hold the top here over the 2,100 metres. So Shane's got a few decisions to make, but the small field, she's versatile, as you mentioned, Chris. Uh, she can sit and sprint, she can sit in the breeze, or she could have a crack to the front and still have something left in the finish. So I think at this stage, uh, they should probably hand up to her, but uh, many times in the past, there's been good horses that every week they bump into ones that think they can take them on, and uh, this will probably be no exception. Two questions about Wonderful to Fly. How much did she cost as a yearling, and when is the WA Oaks? Uh, that's a good question about the WA Oaks. I think it's later in the year. I'm not 100% sure. I'm feeling like it's October, November, but I, I haven't got an official date because normally in uh, my whole life it's been in May. I was only saying that the yeah. other night that the, the Derby was in April, the Oaks was in May, Slipper was in July that was what we were able to work off of every year. But now things have changed with the calendar year. So I would imagine it'd be closer to towards the end of the year. Uh, she didn't. She was passed in at the yearling sale, didn't receive a bid. Uh, she was unwanted. Wow. And uh, KTC Bloodstock and Kevin Charles actually sent her to my dad to be broken in. 
And uh, Shane at the time was looking for a horse and he just was asking a few questions about different ones that Dad had and Dad said, I've got this filly here. I quite like her. She's a beautiful mover and uh, she's got good temperament and wants to do it. And so uh, Shane drove her on the track and said, oh, yeah, she, she goes pretty nice. And she's a double Westbred, which over here in WA, that's uh, huge. So she's earned, I think, and it's 200 and something thousand dollars. It's $226,000 in stakes. She's just shy of 300000 with the Westbred bonuses over here. So uh, that's how important it is. And uh, so Shane thought, OK, we'll, we'll give her a go. Uh, he liked the breeding side of things and put in an offer. And I think he bought it for between twenty dollars and $25,000. And uh, the rest is history. Mm, no doubt about it. That Oaks, the reason I was asking about the Oaks, there seems like there's some nice fillies being uh, bought for Perth. Uh, you hear more and more all the time. But uh, she's going to be the horse to beat, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Look, um as I said to you the other day about uh, her performance over the 2,500 metres was really good. If she finishes in mid-29s, then you go, OK, she's a really nice filly. But to finish off in low 27s and uh, do it pretty much hard-held, I think she's above average. She continues to impress every time she steps out there. And I think Shane's learning more and more about her. I think uh, no horse in the state, both for Colts and Geldings and Phillies, I don't think they can. Um, I don't think they can hold her for speed. She's the fastest horse in WA as a three-year-old, in my opinion, and uh, because she could drop a 26, uh, pretty, and she did so as a two-year-old a couple of times. So it's not like it's uh, outside the realms of possibility that she could do that. And I just think she's uh, got the ability to be able to uh, sit on any speed. She could lead if she led uh, an Oaks. I don't think they'd beat her if she sat up and sprint at home, they'd be very hard to beat her. We've got those couple of really nice ones that are coming through, uh, Allegra as well. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I think she could I think she could do the double and I think Shane's starting to realise that she's capable enough to be able to compete in a derby. That wasn't in his plans uh, at all. He didn't really want to race her against the boys, just thought he would kill the pig with uh, racing the fillies, but he's uh, seriously looking at the idea of racing the boys and I, I can't see why not. Well, it's exciting. There's no doubt about it. We look forward to seeing her start in that final race tomorrow. What is the best bet on that card tomorrow night? Oh, we can start it up in early. Race two, number two, the code breaker. Uh, he's had excuses his first two runs back. Uh, last start, he tried to get a suck into the race. He couldn't get that and had to do it by himself. And he just got tired late, but he's still there at the point of the turn. I think third up from a spell, Ross Oliveri does such a good job with his team. He should go pretty close to being able to win this race. He's got the draw. He's got the gate speed. I think he'll work to the front. And from there, I think he'll be able to win. So race two, number two, the code breaker, my best. Okay. He's got numerical form of six, seven spell, zero, zero. Beautiful. Well, it's ready to go zero, zero, one. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Race two, number two, the code breaker, our best bet. Hey, Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. Enjoy that card of racing coming through there tomorrow afternoon. It's a twilight meeting, but I'm sure it's going to be uh, well-received. And we'll look forward to watching Wonderful to Fly in that final race. Cheers, Chris. Thank you.